Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business, and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Hey, welcome back to the Doing Good Business Podcast. As always, I'm Laura Heacock. I am here with my co-host, Kelly Stewart. And just to give a little context for this episode, Kelly and I are recording this at the end of October. And we know you're listening a few weeks later, but we are recording this hot on the heels of the Pittsburgh synagogue bombing, as well as the bombings of the Obama and Clinton families that happened in October. So we have been really fired up and talking about civility. And that's what we're going to talk about in this week's episode. Civility might seem like a really small topic, but especially with all of the things that are happening in the world today, we want to show you how big it really is and how businesses can practice civility in a way that makes a really big difference in the world. So thanks for joining us. And hey, Kelly. Good morning, Laura. How are you? I am good. I am good. I got to tell you, I know that you and I are on the same page when I say that we are really fired up about these things that are happening in the world. And just, I mean, really, like beside mm-hmm. myself is, is one of the phrases that I've used a lot in the past few days. Yes, absolutely. And, and heartbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. These are, are traumatic events and they affect so many people. They're absolutely tragic. And I've grown up in business uh, very early on. I, I was given this lesson by someone I work for. For every problem, there is both a cause and a solution. Until you find both, your job is not done. And that's really mm-hmm. kind of what got me thinking about, you know, where does all of this start? And certainly, you know, um, when we talk about it in business, we may not be talking about it on the same scale of the personally traumatic things that have happened, but there are seeds, right? Yeah, exactly. But there are seeds of things that happen in organizations that I think sometimes people are are not as aware of what the resulting effect can be if they're left mm-hmm. unchecked. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I just think about, you know, again, I'll go, I'll put my my micro hat on. And you think about when you have a colleague or a team or a leader, or you're in an environment that is consistently not a civil environment, or they're not practicing civility, what does that do to you? What does that do to your stress levels? How does that impact your life? And how does it impact your life outside of that business world? I mean, I think that you know, as much as I believe in, in balance, that doesn't always mean having a hard line. Life impacts work and work impacts life. And especially when it is, you know, an environmental hazard that's, you know, obviously I'm talking about something very different than, you know, people that are in physically dangerous jobs all the time. But it's, you know, an environmental mm-hmm. hazard in terms of the environment and the culture that you're in. When it's not civil, you know, that rolls over and it, it really impacts you. And I had a really probably like emotionally damaging boss. It was not civil all the time. I was not awesome to my husband. I was not awesome to my friends. And and things like that have, you know, when we say that civility seems like a small topic, but it's actually bigger, of course, it's nothing like what happened. And, and in no way are we making a comparison and saying that, you know, mm-hmm. this is comparable to these horrible, tragic events that happened. But there is also, there is a correlation. You know, there is a correlation between how the civility in the business world impacts the world outside of it. And I think that's what we're really going to touch on today. And I think the the other thing that is really lost sometimes is that it's viral, right? It's contagious. Mm-hmm. Just the way mm-hmm. happiness can be contagious, 
the lack of civility or, or incivility can be contagious. So I think that's one issue that applies in the workplace and as in life, um, but also in the workplace. The other is in um, not really understanding the whole scope, right? How, how very small things can have a very big impact because it's easy to, to spot the egregious culture, right? Where things mm-hmm. are really bad. And, mm-hmm. um, and I know, you know, that's your area of expertise in, in terms of that, that stress and the, the result, um, the outcomes that has on people, negative outcomes. But what about all the little day, everyday things that happen that may not be so good when you look at them in totality? And I think mm-hmm. that that often gets overlooked when we talk about civility, specifically civility in the workplace. It's not always about you- correcting the most egregious, you know, um, behavior. Sometimes it's just that everyday behavior. No, I agree. And when I'm working one-on-one with clients, I, you know, I tell people up front, like, we're going to take very small steps because small steps are what's sustainable. And I was walking recently um, just with some friends and I had the tiniest little rock in my shoe. And let me tell you the impact that that little rock had until I like hit a place in our walk where I could take my shoe off and dump it out. It had a major impact on my entire persona. Like not only did it irritate the part of my foot that it was rubbing up against, but then I noticed myself walking differently. So my posture is off. So it started to impact, you know, my back and my hips, and then it impacted my mood because I was really frustrated that this little tiny thing was causing me so much pain. And this seems maybe like a weird analogy, but it, it to me is what came to mind when you said that, like, you don't always have to tackle the most egregious culture. Are you going to go in and necessarily change a culture that is, you know, extremely authoritarian and, you know, doesn't have any concern for, you know, the environment or how they treat people or anything like that? No, probably not. But maybe you can find... Right that grain in the sand, that grain of sand or that little rock that's really impacting something larger than that. And it has a ripple effect into the larger organization and then into the world around it. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. You're, you're awesome with those and, and it matters, right? That's the other thing. So, you know, we know words matter, right? Behaviors matter. And it all reminds me of the wonderful research that Dr. Christine Porath has done. So she has a great book from a couple of years ago called Mastering Civility, a Manifesto for the Workplace. And mm. she has spent 20 years at least researching civility and the cost, the toll that it takes on the organization, the toll that it takes on people. And she shares, I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert, right? <laughs> for anyone who wants to pick up the book, and I encourage <laughs> that. Um, but she talks about witnessing this firsthand in her first job, but also with her father who was um, exposed to uh, repeated acts of incivility and the, the toll that it took on him. So that really inspired her to do her work, which she's been doing now for the last couple of decades. And, um, you know, she starts off saying, too, a single word can change the way we behave, a single word. And so she really started to look at this from what does it mean to the bottom line, you know, for organizations. And you probably know this already, but the American Psychological Association estimates that workplace stress costs the U.S. economy $500 billion a year. Yeah, with a B. Billion, billion people. Billion. Yeah. Right. A stunning 550 billion workdays are lost each year due to stress on the job. Mm-hmm. And it just goes on from there. So workers and, you know, to your teammates who have been on the receiving end of incivility, 48% intentionally decrease their work effort. And this comes from research that she did 
she surveyed 800 managers and employees across 17 different industries. 47% intentionally decreased the time spent at work. 80% lost work time worrying about the incident. 63% lost work time avoiding the offender. 66% said their performance declined. These are big numbers, right? These, <laughs> these are not single digit numbers. These are not in the low tens, right? And this is the one that really just blew me away. 25% of those people surveyed admitted to taking their frustration out on customers. So if you're a business leader and you're thinking, oh, civility, yeah, whatever, you know, we say please and thank you around here. Okay, it may not be enough, right? Because if someone is internalizing what they've seen and they're passing that on to another colleague or right, as you've described, you're not always then your best self. I've been there too, Laura, right? And mm -hmm. But then to apply that to customers as well, it's big and it's, it's worth your business risk right there. Like there's, there's mm -hmm. the gap that you need to fill. Like that is your, you know, even if you're, you know, only concerned about the bottom line, which if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not. But even if you have, you know, <laughs> right. peers and, you know, uh, fellow business owners or, or people that you know in your world that are only concerned about the bottom line, like there's the reason to practice right. civility or to encourage, you know, a more positive business culture, you know, to incorporate some kindness into business. Like, it will cost you money. You know, it will cost you money mm -hmm. when these things spill over and, you know, okay, I was a jerk to my, to my husband when I was in a situation where I was being treating uncivilly, but it's going to spill over to the customers too. I'm sure it did. You know, I'm mm -hmm. sure it did in that role mm -hmm. that I had at the time spill over to the customers. But I think about, you know, what you described that the percentage of people, I think you said it was around 63% of people are avoiding the mm -hmm. person who is being incivil to them or who's not treating yeah. them with civility. Mm -hmm. And I just think about, you know, to me, that's like, I wrote about this recently um, and we'll link to the book Kelly mentioned um, and to this post I'm about to mention in the show notes. But I wrote recently about the difference between nice and kind, um, because to me, uh, kind is very active. You know, kind is the person who is being a voice for the underprivileged, who is ensuring that people are treated civil civilly and who is, you know, speaking up about that, you know, kindness requires some courage and it requires some action. Whereas nice, nice is the person that is maybe going to smile at that person at the water cooler, but then they're really going to treat them, you know, poorly or, or not treat them civilly behind their back. Like nice and kind to me are, are very, very different concepts. And I think that research really incorporates that. And then you look at that figure of people who are, are taking that all out on the customers. And it, it, you know, it's natural, like you are, you're bringing whoever you are into every situation. So whether your situation is at mm -hmm. home or your situation is professional, if you've just gotten out of a meeting and you had a peer that completely, you know, threw you under the bus or, you know, spoke to you in an unprofessional way or stole an idea or, or anything that falls under that category of, you know, stress causing or not having civility in the workplace, and your next call is a customer, you're not going to show up in the same way that you would if you had, you know, a really positive culture and one that you felt aligned with your values and one that you felt um, was safe and, and was, you know, a trustworthy culture. Like you're going to show up differently for the, for the customers. And that's the most direct link to the bottom line that there is. Absolutely. And you're right. You know, I, I know people that are listening to our show, we're talking about being a positive business. So this is a little uh, different territory for us to kind of focus on the what's broken side of things. Um, but it's so real. It is so real mm -hmm. because we are impacted by, you know, 
who we're with. What is someone? That's uh, someone's quote. Now I hope to remember the source in time so we can add it to the show link. Um, it says, you know, you you are right, like the the five people you're closest to. Yeah, you so are the average of the five time, people that you spend the most time with. Yeah, I know exactly what you. Mean. Awesome. Right. So if you're spending time with people who are are not civil, right? Not really. Mm-hmm. And and let's even talk about what what we mean there, right? And so I'm a word geek, but if you go back into the, like back, back, back far into Latin, it's really about the art of governing and, you know, in terms of a civil society, right? So it's the art of governing, the art, right? The art. So what are we trying to even do by being civil? What does it mean? It means, right, that we we have these pleasant interactions. We recognize one another. We have respectful exchanges with one another because we're trying to facilitate teamwork. We're trying to spread goodwill, like in not only with our own team members, but in the case of customers, right? We're trying to deepen relationships and ease negotiations. These are all of the things that we're trying to accomplish with civility and things that civility can do. But I think, right, this show, we we need to talk about also what happens when you don't have that because the cost is great. And, um, and and there's a lot to consider when when you really start to look at it because I think that a lot of people I hope I'm not just talking for myself as a focus group of one we all like to think like no we're very civil right so it's hard to recognize that and in the show uh, I'm sorry in the book and online there and I think you'll be able to include this in the show links there's um an assessment that Dr. Porath has up there to help individuals understand, you know, well, just how civil am I? And I would say that it's also something that you could use within the organization. But I think that we start off as, and she says this also, um, you have to start with the assumption that you probably do some of these things. When you really start to think about it, it's about thinking about specific people that you work with when you take this assessment, especially those that you don't particularly care for, right? Because that's our, mm-hmm. our true test of whether or not we're being civil. Think about habits you've developed, especially those you wish you hadn't, right? Because you picked them up somewhere along the line. Maybe it was two jobs ago, right? But that's still hanging around with you and it's influencing your behavior. And try to remember any feedback that maybe close friends have given you. But I always like to give some examples of this because I think lots of times people don't think about it, but actually saying please and thank you, that's actually a, a, a civil behavior and something that you'd want to be able to do. But then she goes on to ask in the assessment, how, um, you know, do you email or text during meetings? Do you keep people waiting too long? Do you delay access to information or resources, right? And then sure, like, you know, people want to go, no, I do not do that. But then I would take you back to what she said pay attention. Think about people you don't particularly care for when you're answering this, because maybe maybe there's something there that you hadn't thought about before. You know, spreading rumors, belittling people, shutting someone out of a network or a team, not listening, Mm -hmm. ignoring invitations. You know, there are a lot of ways that we don't think about, is this a civil behavior or not when we're just going about our day? But I think this assessment is great in Again, not only getting an individual to think differently about how he or she relates to others, but organizationally to say, is this going on in our organization, right? And if it is, how can we improve it? And then how do we reward that when it is going better? Um, because that's like any other strategic plan. You know, you want to understand what it is you're trying to accomplish. You want to put these practices in place. And if these practices are already in place, awesome, recognize them. 
either recognize mm-hmm. the improvement or recognize that they are in place. And, you know, a lot of organizations, they'll have recognition programs, right? And it doesn't always have to be, you know, zero, zero safety defect, you know, de- zero quality right. Um, right. defects and safety days, right? Sometimes it can just be, hey, we caught you in the act, right, of speaking kindly to others. We caught you mm-hmm. in the act of listening in a meeting, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. all of those things can happen, but you, you need to recognize that as well and appreciate it in one another. And it has to start yeah. from the top. Yeah. And Kelly and I are never advocating for, for perfection. Like we, you know, we are looking, Mm -hmm. you know, like progress versus perfection, right? Like there is no such thing as, you know, a perfect leader, a perfect organization, a perfect, you know, ecosystem, any of these things. But what we are advocating for is where can you make progress? So where can Mm -hmm. you, you know, do some of those things that Kelly said, like, how can you recognize somebody who, you know, steps in in a meeting when maybe, you know, maybe somebody is kind of really stepping on somebody. And how can you recognize the person that steps in and says, you know, hey, so-and-so, I think that, you know, Sally Sue over here was talking and, you know, let's hear her point. Like, how can you reward that person for taking that Mm -hmm. active role, that active role that increases civility, that active role, you know, again, that nice versus kind, that role that is actually having a positive impact, but it is requiring them to, you know, do something that's maybe uncomfortable, but it's for the greater good. How do we, mm-hmm. well, you know, I loved what you said about when you're taking that survey, if you guys choose to take it, and we will link to it. Um, you know, think about somebody that you don't like that maybe gave you feedback, you know, we all like to think of mm-hmm. ourselves in, in a positive light, which is great. And there's always going to be people that, you know, maybe we just don't mesh with, maybe we don't gel with, how do you feel? Or how do you treat that person? when they give you feedback or when you need to give them feedback, you know, what is your level of civility when you're dealing with that person? Because it's easy to measure yourself when you're talking about, you know, a peer that you really like, one of your most outstanding employees, Um, you know, maybe you're just coming off a a win Mm -hmm. at work, but think about those times when that hasn't been the case. And again, from the the viewpoint of progress over perfection, that's the point where you're going to find the place that you can make an impact, you know, so maybe it's, you got a bad right. review and then you went out and you got on the phone with a customer and you got really frustrated and you were really short with them. So that's maybe your point of learning and thinking about, okay, how would I want to be more civil? Maybe when I'm feeling that way and I'm noticing that like my stress is up and I'm, you know, really triggered, I need to step away for five minutes and I need, to, you know, it's better to be five minutes late for that call with a customer and be able to show up in the way that is, you know, best representative of myself and of my organization than it is to, you know, pick up the phone and be on time, but be really short and, you know, maybe not be super civil to them and, and have an impact on mm-hmm. the bottom line. So thinking about some of those places where you have the opportunity um, to make a difference and to, you know, and again, it's that ripple effect. Like to you grow. Will, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like you get to grow, you get to, you know, at the end of the day, feel like, wow, I really, I made a choice that is in support of how I want to show up in this world. And that had a ripple effect on this customer and this customer's day was better. And, you know, maybe they were able to go home and be better with their family. Like thinking about that kind of that range of influence that you have by just doing that one thing and, and implementing some of these civility practices. And if you are using this as a practice, right, if this is part of your culture and you're going literally from good to great with this and you're bringing in more um, acts of civility, you can look at the metrics, right? The metrics, you just flip the statistics that I mentioned in the beginning. You know, you, you look to see how much more time is spent at work. Has quality gone up? 
right? How is your team gelling? Do you see them getting together after work, maybe for something, you know, some fun social events? What does productivity look like? You know, so you can just take essentially what might have been broken, flip it, and then use those as your metrics to see has there been improvement. But yeah, I, I I agree with you. I, I love the idea about thinking about the person that you maybe don't necessarily care for because that is the opportunity for growth. And it reminds mm-hmm. me when my children were younger, you know, I would help them. They would be studying for a test and, you know, I'm like, okay, let's just say vocabulary. They have 25 vocabulary words. And if they got like, you know, 18 of them correct, I'd be like, okay, great. You have to go back and do a little bit more studying, but don't look at those 18 words because you already have them. Look at the other seven, Mm. right? Because I think you have a tendency. It's not just my children. I think people in general, right? You feel good about what you know, and then you kind of focus on that. So if you're only rating yourself in comparison to how you treat the people that you feel most comfortable with for any reason, then is that an accurate assessment? So I think that, um, you know, her the work is really good. I do recommend the book. Um, she has much more um, information in there and strategies that businesses and business leaders can use. But I think that that's kind of key to it for me. That's really what spoke best to me is that's your true test. And I think in general, just as you brainstorm things in organizations, certainly, you know, there's what, 175 billion ways to do anything practically. So as you share <laughs> ideas on how are we going to implement this, right? How are we going to do that? Um, I think it's good to have all of these different perspectives and you need to to be able to receive that. And and that's where civility really helps prime that pump for getting those great ideas out when someone can share without the feeling that they're going to be, you know, um, taken advantage of or not, Mm -hmm. not listened to. Yeah. And I think so, Kelly, I'm going to borrow your macro hat for a second and just think about like, you know, as, as an organization, like, Think about something like this. Like maybe as an organization, you have a donation, a charitable donation matching policy. And maybe, you know, in the weeks following this tragedy at the Pittsburgh synagogue, maybe you direct all matching to that organization or after, you know, the hurricane um, that just happened in Florida or, you know, some of the other natural disasters, like the things that are happening in the world, like a way that you can as an organization really show that civility is something that's meaningful to you is something as small Mm -hmm. as, you know, taking a program that's already in place and targeting it at, you know, something that is, you know, politically important to the organization. You know, if you believe that acts of domestic terror, like this bombing in the synagogue are, you know, absolutely abhorrent and you want to support the victims and the people that are, you know, trying to recover from this, maybe the organization has a targeted drive to support, you know, those people. If it's, you know, some of the, Mm -hmm you know, the terrible weather um, patterns that are happening, you know, particularly in the, the Caribbean and along the Gulf Coast, Coast and things like that, you know, there's families that are still cleaning up from three hurricanes ago and there's another one. So maybe there's a way that the organization can do something. Maybe it's, you know, sponsoring a volunteer day for everybody if you live in the vicinity of one of those places. But there are mm-hmm. ways to take this bigger. Um, you know, the opportunity, mm-hmm. again, I think for the individual, again, is, you know, really looking at where, you know, who do you interact with that you know you're not at your best at? But I think for the organizations looking at like, what's important to us? What do we want to support? And how do we want to mm-hmm. do it? And incorporating things like this so that your your teams and your employees can see that they are a part of something bigger and that the things that are happening in the world that are impacting them, maybe just on a personal or an emotional level, like they're actually supported by their organization in, you know, feeling like, okay, 
we are, you know, as little as, as it means, but, you know, we are doing something, right? Like we are at least sending support in some way, be it time or financial. And I think you're, you're touching on a lot of the things we, we mentioned earlier, right? You know, the, what is the purpose of civility aside mm-hmm. from it's just good and wonderful and we should all do it anyway, which in and of itself is a characteristic of being a positive organization. But it is, that's, that's helping with the spreading of goodwill and the deepening of the relationships and facilitating the teamwork when you work side by side with someone yeah. um, and in service to others. Um, I think that, that that's a, a great bonding experience for people and especially when people need you the most and your yeah. effort is most appreciated. Yeah. Anyone anyone who's ever worked for an organization that has any sort of, you know, volunteerism program that's ever done any kind of activity like that with colleagues can speak to the benefit. You know, like the people that show up mm-hmm. for that, you are, you know, you do bond with them in a different way. And there's all sorts of research on how, you know, doing for others and, and being of service has, uh, it reduces stress, it increases happiness. Like there's all sorts of amazing mm-hmm. research on that. You know, some would even go so far as to say, like, if you're having a bad day or if you're feeling incivil, go do an act of service for someone, go do an act of kindness for someone, and it will mm-hmm. improve your mood and things like that. But yeah, that's a great example of a way to, mm-hmm. you know, pick pick an organization mm-hmm. in the community that is you know, supported by a large percentage of the organization and have a volunteer day, have a give back day. You know, there's companies that I personally know of that have um, like corporate donation programs and and they're small private companies. So you don't have to be, you know, one of the the giants to do programs like this. Like you can have a a donation matching program or a profit sharing. Like I know a private company and, and part of their profit sharing is that part of the what, you know, some companies do, they just divvy it out among the employees, but part of the profit sharing goes to a charity of that employee's choice. And that's a really great way to practice civility and to have buy-in and, you know, to improve your culture. And again, on Mm -hmm. the smaller level, it's how we engage with others and and what we recognize and what we, you know, show pride in, you know, hey, I wanted to recognize you for standing up for the little guy in that meeting, or I wanted to recognize you Mm -hmm. for being the only person that wasn't on their phone the whole time during during that presentation. And I want to commend yeah. you for, you know, I saw an opportunity where somebody was trying to engage you in gossip and you encouraged them not to, and you encouraged them to speak directly to the person instead of talking about them. And, and when you recognize that and you start to um, kind of really draw people out for positive things, that's when you start to change the culture. Absolutely. And I will add to that something I read recently, and I think it applies to this, especially when you hear from company leaders who are like, you know, it's challenging, culture is challenging. And I would say something, it was so apropos, you cannot remedy a relationship by condemning it, right? Mm -hmm. So when you complain about the culture and say, oh, I can't get people to do this, and oh, you know, so-and-so really let me, okay, well, don't right? Look for the solution in that. And, and you can start getting into the solution frame of mind by being civil, by really listening to what's going on here, right? Giving somebody an opportunity to speak and all of those other things that you just mentioned that help to really build the culture and build it in a very intentionally positive way that also impacts not only the bottom line, but the, the quadruple bottom line, right? Good for society, good for the planet, mm-hmm. and good for all of the people that are essential to the company's success. So, Kelly, you said something recently in um, a workshop you did that I had the pleasure of attending, which was you can plan for anything. 
So I would mm-hmm. say, like, if there's one thing, you know, if there's a key concept to, to take away from this episode, it's that, like, you can plan for anything. Mm-hmm. So when you're hearing, you know, yourself or your leaders thinking, you know, oh, culture is really hard and this and that or civility, you know, that just seems too hard to implement. Well, you can plan for anything. So if this is important mm-hmm. to you, you can plan for it. You know, I think the example that, that brought that up was something more tactical like healthcare. Like you can either plan to phase right. it out or you can plan to keep it for your people, but it's true of all of these concepts. You know, if you want to have mm-hmm. a corporate culture that is, you know, based in civility because you want to have that ripple effect out to the world, you can plan for it. And it's just a matter of deciding what are the elements you're going to measure? How are you going to implement it? And then you plan for it, you know, instead of, you know, throwing your hands up and saying like, oh, culture's hard. Well, cool. And what change ever started from somebody saying this is too hard. So you can plan for anything, including civility. The uh, macro hat fits you very well. You're no, thanks. <laughs> I know we switched a little bit today. I like it. I like it. Kelly and I did a little bit of absolutely today when it comes to civility. I guess we're uh, influences on each other. Good or bad is still TBD, but <laughs> it, it's an important conversation, and I, it's one that we need to continue having. Um, yeah. Especially, as you said earlier, you know, as the lines blur between personal and professional, you can't help but bring your personal self to work. In fact, that's what we want people to do. Bring your bring exactly. your best self to work and put it into mm-hmm. business practice. That's a big part of this podcast. And mm-hmm. so um, I hope this was helpful to everyone who is listening to say there's there's tools out there for you. Mastering civility is but one. I do recommend it. And um, and I wish everybody good luck in doing this because. It's possible. It's absolutely possible. It yeah, just has to be intentional. It exactly. It has to be intentional and you have to plan for it. And we'll have all sorts of helpful links in the show notes. And our episode next week, we're actually going to interview two local Philadelphia business leaders who, in our opinion, are really exemplifying civility and some more good business practices, mm-hmm. much like you heard from Hope Bear uh, of A Weber back in October. So stay tuned next week to hear with those two I business leaders and how they're practicing all of these good business practices. And in the meantime, let us know, you know, what does civility mean to you? How does it impact your organization? We are thrilled to have all of the reviews. This has been such an amazing launch. We've gotten such positive feedback. We would love a rate and review. Um, if you like what we're doing, share it with someone else and stay tuned. Come on back next week. Thanks so much. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.